Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Today we're going to be talking about navigation, because life is a journey, and much of the time we'll be experiencing it as uncharted territory. If we're going to give ourselves a greater chance of not losing our way along the way, we need to prepare and equip ourselves accordingly. God gives us tools to do so, and we're going to be exploring a few of those using the example of the military's land navigation course. Come lace up those boots, strap on that backpack, grab a map and compass, and head off into the wilderness for some truth and a lesson in why close enough is not enough. In land navigation, it's called shooting an azimuth, climbing a point of height and sighting a certain object on the horizon in the direction you're traveling so you can adjust your compass heading to make sure you're still going in the right direction. An Army officer, recently describing his land nav classes while at West Point, pointed out that they teach you If you're off by three degrees, which is hardly perceptible to the human eye if you use your hand, over the span of a thousand meters or one click, to use military terms, you can be off by hundreds of meters. You won't even see or be close to the target or destination you were trying to go to, but you were only off by three degrees to begin with. Using that analogy for life, I wonder how many of us are struggling in our life simply because we're settling for close enough thinking we will reach the spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical goals we've aimed for, we've fallen short because we've started off wrong by the slightest of margins. We've failed to set our sights, to adjust our compasses by the object of our faith, Jesus Christ, and thus have slowly moved further and further away from our point of destination. I know I have because that was my story. Over a decade ago, I was the queen of close enough when it came to my spiritual life. Although I've always had perfectionist tendencies, somehow I felt I'd reached a point in my journey with God where what I was doing was adequate. I went to church every Sunday, hung out with good people, obeyed my parents, cared about others, and believed in Jesus. I thought I was good to go, to be honest. Looking back, I was, for all accounts, three meters off. My Bible gathered dust and my prayer life was non-existent. I didn't have a personal relationship with God so much as it was collective, environmental, inherited. But then trouble hit. Suffering happened. Starting my senior year of high school, I began to be met with the so-called real world. Friends died. My dad got really sick and nearly passed away. Depression happened. Plans changed. And almost immediately, I realized that something was wrong. I began to see that close enough left me nothing to stand on when the world around me as I'd known it began to crumble and shake. I needed to pray to a God I felt I didn't even know. I looked for guidance in a Bible I barely knew my way around. The ease and comfort of a faith tailor-made in my head to suit my needs 
and lived out my way fell short of what the situations I was facing required. What had seemed to not be a big deal as far as navigating my life before that suddenly made all the difference in the world, and not necessarily for the better. I found myself hundreds of meters from my object of faith, lost in a wilderness of uncertainty, fear, and unbelief with a faulty compass that offered me little assistance. I panicked and nervously tried to search for the way out, but I was too far into the woods. My panicked and frantic searching only led me deeper into the wilderness, made me more lost, and drove me further away from the intended target. And eventually, all I could do was sit down in despair, contemplate giving up, and make a final cry for help. I needed a rescue. The Army gives you a variety of methods during the three- to five-day land-nav course to assist you in being able to find your way back when your compass fails you and you've lost sight of your direction. Understanding how to read and effectively use different types of maps, measuring distance using a ruler or paper in the bar scales, identifying major and minor terrain features like hills, valleys, ridges, and cliffs, using grid coordinates, pace counting to measure ground distance, determine time and distance using shadow and involving a watch. But there is an entirely separate category devoted to night navigation and learning how to function and find your way in the dark. They teach you how to navigate using the stars and the four cardinal directions as well as by the stars using the North Star and Southern Cross constellation. In my case, not only was I twisted and turned around, desperately looking for a way out, but only going in circles, I was also trying to find my way in the dark with no skills and few supplies. A trusted guide was my only hope of survival. In the military as in life, it is imperative that you know where you're going and that you're properly prepared so that you arrive there safely and efficiently. Sometimes it's possible that you'll end up in situations where signal for GPS is unavailable or you can't rely on the resources you normally would to get you through. In those moments, you need to have backup skills that allow you to deal with unexpected scenarios and find your way back if you get off track. The military makes it clear to those taking the LANAF course that lives depend on the decisions they make and how well they absorb the information they're taught. Instructors in this course often point out that this particular course is often where one can begin to see what kind of soldiers the participants will become those who have applied themselves during the initial classes and training leading up to the course will rise above the rest. And I think it's safe to say that you probably won't discover what kind of Christian somebody is until they've been tested beyond the limits of what their coping skills can offer them, when they've been stripped of the things they thought they could place their confidence in and are left with nothing but the bare minimum, how will they respond? Will they rely on their own senses and simply start walking in a random direction, hoping it will give them a way out? Or will they fall back on their proven training and allow it to guide them back to the proper path? Author Chris Voss wisely points out that when the pressure is on, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your highest level of preparation. How you have prepared yourself before you reach the test says a lot about how you will endure and survive the test. If you have absorbed all the right information and brought along effective equipment, your chances of coming back alive are far greater than if you've done the minimal amount of training and ruled out any chances of things going wrong. And that was what happened to me all those years ago. I thought the coping skills I had would be enough to sustain me in a crisis. 
But more than this, I ruled out the possibility of a crisis altogether. So when the crisis hit my life, I was not equipped to deal with it and quickly realized I was in over my head. I fell back to my highest level of preparation, which, in reality, was pretty low. Trying to navigate on the fly never works well. You must envision a plan for success and also a plan for failure, so that even if a crisis arises, you are able to give yourself the best chances for survival and a positive outcome under the circumstances. The military knows on any mission that there is always the possibility that things can go wrong. The scenarios may not happen according to plan. And that is why having multiple plans in place and giving the troops as many adaptive coping skills as possible increases their chances of still achieving a successful mission and bringing everyone back alive. Life has a way of proving to us that we cannot predict anything. The only predictable thing is that life will be unpredictable. And if you don't position yourself and prepare for any scenario you might face, if you don't anticipate the likelihood of adversity ahead of time, you will open yourself up to the higher chance of not making it out alive, let alone being able to thrive. So what are some of the coping skills we need to have if we are to navigate the terrain of our lives, especially when we find ourselves in the dark? Well, first of all, we need an object to gauge ourselves by, and that object is Christ himself. To even know the general direction to head towards when you set off on your journey with God, you need a point of navigation to base your coordinates off of. All the tools and maps in the world won't mean anything unless you know what your object is, what your destination is. For the Christian, that object is Christ and our destination is heaven. That is what we base all our decisions by and the goal to which we aim for our earthly existence. Just as pleasing and honoring God the Father was Jesus' ultimate goal, so the same ought to be true of us. If we don't set our compass and our navigation off of Him and what He desires from us, we are already putting ourselves meters off the target and will gradually move further and further away from the intended destination over time. C.S. Lewis wisely observed, Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. That is the thing to which the writer of Hebrews refers when he encourages believers to run the race set out before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All journeys must begin and end with God, or else they are not worth taking. If we simply set off on the journey without setting our course by His, as Lewis pointed out, we end up nowhere but to our own destruction. We do not survive the test. We get lost and remain lost with no hope of deliverance. If eternity and the one at the center of it all is not the center of our lives and the object around which everything revolves, we fail to give ourselves a point of return or a guiding object, fixed and firm from which to operate. Especially in a time of suffering when so much feels fluid in your life, you must have something solid, someone solid to hold on to, or else you will find yourself adrift. Secondly, we need a map or compass, and that is the Word of God. Knowing we cannot navigate this thing called life without a navigational aid, God has graciously given us His inspired Word to be our map and our compass, to be the thing that points us to our object and our destination at all times. But we must utilize it and learn from it. We must treat it as our guidebook under the tutelage of our Savior. Just like the military instructors can identify what type of soldier someone will become based on how they have absorbed and learned the skills taught to them beforehand, so our level of preparation and how well we have absorbed the Word of God 
will determine a lot about how we face and get through hard times. Sinclair Ferguson advises, learn the promises of God in advance. When the time of crisis or darkness comes, it is too late to start learning then. Store up the word of God like a squirrel storing up nuts for the winter, for the winter time of life will surely come when you will need God's promises to act as an anchor for your soul. Ferguson is correct in pointing out that once the crisis hits us, it is too late to start preparing. What you have is what you've got to work with. Times of crisis will surely come, and you will need the truth of God's word to hold you and guide you through. Thirdly, whether navigating by day or night, we need light to help us find our way. For thousands of years, natural light has been a source of nautical and land navigation. Good example in the Bible, the wise men being led by a special star to the place where baby Jesus was. In much the same way as part of the navigation course for military personnel, one must learn how to use the sun and subsequent shadows for directional guidance when a navigation device is not available, and so too the moon at night if the skies are clear. In addition, or if the moon's not directly visible, the stars can be a source of direction, if one can locate the North Star and or Southern Constellation. In either the daytime or the night, God supplies natural light as a source of direction to find one's way forward and hopefully arrive at the intended destination. In much the same way, God has provided through himself and his word light, which we can be guided by to know the way we ought to go. There will be times when that light is obscured, but it will never be entirely absent. No, you may not have the full shine of the sun or moon in your way, but even the stars, small as they seem, still cast a glimmer glow that offers hope, that shows the way forward. Isaiah fifty ten offers a guiding promise that when you find yourself in a dark place, trust and reliance upon God are your guiding lights. Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Knowing that God will never leave his children completely in the dark, without even the faintest flicker or glimmer of hope, gives you courage when you've lost your way and are unsure of how to get back. When you've realized that close enough wasn't enough, there is comfort in believing grace will be shown to you, along with a way of return. Number four, we need effective teachers to help us learn the impending dangers of our path ahead of time. We need godly instructors relaying their experiences their successes, and their failures, so that we can know what to hopefully avoid repeating. The military knows that without effective teachers to train and teach the troops these skills ahead of time, they stand no chance of obtaining the knowledge necessary to navigate uncharted territory or to find their way back when they are lost and off course. The experience of wise minds who can help others learn from their mistakes is essential to helping us be more prepared for the challenges life will throw our way. When we are able to glean lessons and understanding from the achievements or mistakes of others who have gone ahead of us, we give ourselves a better chance of getting it right when we find ourselves in similar situations. The stories of others have proven to be a very big help to me over the years as I've sought to find my way closer to the objective destination, which is Christ himself. Knowing the successes and failures of Christians who've gone before me has played a major role in helping me notice things about the journey of life, good or bad. Because I value the knowledge others have given me directly and indirectly about life, I read extensively, listen and learn constantly, seek out wisdom and conversations with others I can gain from, always looking for ways to increase my understanding of God and build my faith. 
Whether books or podcasts or videos or personal interactions, I seek to better grasp the lay of the land I'm traveling so that the advice of others may better prepare me for what's to come. The trials and triumphs of others who've gone before me are an essential aspect of my growth and they should be the same for you as well. Seek out godly wisdom and dig into the stories and insights of godly people from whom you can learn. You never know when you will need to pull on their experience for strength, hope, and direction in times of trouble. Number five, if we are navigating in a group, we need sensible, solid partners for the journey. If you're going to get stuck, you want to be stuck with the right people. If someone is unable to navigate properly themselves, others around them can step up, and what one has forgotten, the others might remember, and together they are stronger than they are apart. You won't always have others right beside you to navigate the adverse territory of life. There will be moments when God asks you to navigate it alone with Him, but there will be many times when we have others around us at our disposal whose memory and experience may serve us well in helping us find our way forward. Should we forget some truth or bit of information about our spiritual training that is needful in that moment, it is extremely helpful to call on someone nearby and ask them to come alongside you, pray with you, point you to the skills at your disposal that can help you know the way. It's always better and less worrisome to problem-solve with someone else than it is to do it alone. And even when we know for certain that God is with us, Sometimes we can feel very much by ourselves as we face various situations. In those times, having somebody to be the physical manifestation of God's peace, love, and hope to us can make all the difference in the world as to how we survive and emerge from the circumstances. Spiritual navigation is vital if we are to steer as straight a course as possible, given the twists and turns of life. In the Christian life, close enough is not enough. It's not enough to be close enough to Jesus or close enough to heaven. It's not enough to be close enough to the truth or close enough to the gospel. I tried that approach and it failed me. Life's terrain is anything but predictable. It will often surprise us, shock us, and if we aren't alert, we can easily get disoriented and lose our way. We need to make sure we have a true and fixed point to aim for so we don't get those three meters off and end up charting an incorrect course. We need to fix our sights on Jesus Christ, pointing our gaze toward Him and keeping Him within our vision all the time. We need to rely on the tools He's given us in His Word, allowing it to be our map, our compass by which to ensure we are moving closer and closer to our objective. We need light, even the faintest glimmer, to show us the path. We need effective guides who can help point out the right direction. And we need to navigate with the right people who won't misdirect us when we lose our way. We can't choose how the journey will go in terms of the things we will encounter along the way, but we can choose to increase our chances of spiritual survival along the way based on how we prepare, what object we fix our eyes on, and what tools we engage as we go. Don't be like those who end up hundreds of meters off their intended destination. Equip yourself properly and be like those soldiers who rise above the rest. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015 
Instagram and Parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.